legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Welcome to the broadcast today. I am Dreamwalker1960. Now due to some feedback I have received, announcing these Strong's reference numbers was causing confusion. So I won't be saying them anymore. However, they will still be listed on my blog at dreamwalker1960.com. Now today, we are going to expand upon who is a lukewarm in John 15. Now, let's start with that. John 15, verse 1. I am the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Now let's take a closer look at these verses. Verse 1 in the King James is, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. I in the Strong's is a primary pronoun of the first person. I only expressed when empathetic. The definition of empathetic is done or said in a strong way and without any doubt. And that's from the Cambridge Dictionary. Now there's an important point that needs to be made at this point. This particular teaching takes place after his resurrection. So this is when he has the scars in his chest and his arms. So we have to go a little bit deeper when we approach this word of I this is what the uh, Theological Dictionary of the New Testament has to say about it. With the simple word I, Jesus shows his resurrected form. In these teachings that are given, they do not follow the normal syntax. They reach a new level, like saying, He is light, but he is the true and proper light, which alone deserves the name. The true, truthful, true which denotes the sense of real, ideal, genuine from Strong's. Now, when taking a deeper look here, when Jesus is saying the true, he is not just speaking of true or genuine, he is spe actually speaking of divine. Now, I get that from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. Now, divine, connected with a God or like God from Cambridge Dictionary. Now, just in these four words, I am the vine, Jesus is showing that he is the true and divine vine, and no other can come to God except through being a branch upon his vine. Now let's look at the word father, a nourisher, a protector, an upholder, of the nearest ancestor. That comes from Strong's. Now in doing a deeper study within the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, I get this quote. It is showing us the harmony of the father and the son, 
of the two working together for the good of those that are on the vine, which is Jesus. This is on page 999 through 1001 of book 5. The husbandman, a land worker, farmer, a vine dresser. That comes from Strong's. A vine dresser, a person who cultivates and prunes grapevines. Dictionary.com. Now let's look to verse 2 in the King James. Each branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Every in Strong's is all things. Now again I quote from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. The uniqueness of the New Testament view is that here all ideas of totality relate to a specific history of creation and salvation. As compared with the Old Testament, the New Testament is distinguished especially by a richer soteriology. Now, soteriology is theologically dealing with salvation as affected by Jesus Christ. I really hate when they use those big words, but every once in a while you got to hit them when you really do the in-depth studying of the word. All right, now we go to branch. A limb or a shoot. A, a shoot. The first part of a plant that appears above the ground as it develops from a seed or any new growth on another existing plant. A limb, a large branch on a tree. In the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, it says shoot, young twig, branch, shoot of the vine. So this means every branch, both young and old, upon the vine, which is Jesus Christ, as the next words state. Now the word in, in this verse, has a special meaning because of the way John does his writings. This is exclusively only to John's Gospel in 1 John. Here, John is trying to relay a specific meaning of a free will relationship between the branch, humanity, the vine, Jesus Christ, and the vine dresser, God. The word bear means to bear and bring forth, while the word fruit refers to works and deeds. Both of these came from Strong's. In the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, the quote is, The power is fellowship with Christ. A fellowship is a friendly feeling that exists between people who have a shared interest or doing something as a group. That comes from Cambridge Dictionary. Now, when we break down, he taketh away, it means this, to take away or up, to take away that is attached to anything, to remove, that is Strong's. It is here that we come to an issue. In the many commentaries I have read, they go with the definition of lift up, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even flow with the words of the Bible itself. Now, as they were translated in the Bible in the early 1600s and then finalized it in 1611, they agreed upon the wording, he taketh away, not he lifted up. Those making these commentaries make it sound as if you're lifting to God up the sin, not the taking away of the sin, not putting you yourself up to saying, please, Lord, take the sin away from me. It sounds like they're sitting there just putting the sin itself up there and saying, here, Lord, glorify this sin. That's not how it's done. Jesus himself knew this day would occur. 
So he repeats himself in verse 6 and clarifies his meaning with more detail, which we will discuss later. Now, if those making the commentaries are seeking to say that the unfruitful are seeking forgiveness and wish to receive, for, receive this forgiveness and then to try to bear fruit, that can have some merit to it. However, Jesus made clear his meaning elsewhere in the Bible. Prime example, Revelations 3, 15 and 16. Here are those verses. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you are one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Here in John, he states that God himself will remove the branch that does not bear fruit. Not all branches that are not bearing fruit fall to the ground. Some still stay attached to the vine. It is these vines he's referring to, the ones that fall on the ground and the ones that are on the vine itself. So if they're still on the vine, how can they be lifted up? So we must stick with he taketh away and leave it at that. Stick to the wording of the Bible. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. You're not supposed to do that. You have to stick to the literal translation as best you can get. So since we have brought in Revelation 3, 15 and 16, let's do a little comparison between John and Revelation. Here we see in Revelation that the glorified Christ is making clear that he will spit out those that are lukewarm. Using his words in John, those that bear fruit would compare to those that are hot in Revelation. So those that are cold in Revelation equates to those that deny Jesus altogether and live in sin. So that would mean that the lukewarm would be those that acknowledge Jesus Christ as their Savior and are a branch upon the vine, yet they do not bear fruit. And since they do not bear fruit, that means they are living in sin. So God takes them away in John, and Christ spits them out in Revelation, thus removing them from his fellowship by cutting them from the vine. Now let's continue on with the word breakdown. We're at he purgeth right now. That means to cleanse, to prune, to expiate, to purge. Cleanse is to make something completely clean. Expiate, to show that you are sorry for bad behavior by doing something or accepting punishment. And to purge is to make something, someone, or something free of something that is evil or harmful. The word that is in order that. More, make more in quantity number, or quality. Now we go on to verse 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I spoke unto you. Now means at or by this time. Ye is yourself or you. The word clean is free of impure admixtures without blemish, spotless, says Strong's. Now this is what it says in a quote from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament. In both John and 1 John, the question of full purity in Christians is discussed. It is affirmed absolutely in theory in John 3, which is what I've just read. The word through means denoting the channel of an act in Strong's. The phrase, the word, is the teachings of Jesus to the disciples that eventually became the Gospels. And from a quotation from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, but the person who receives and keeps the teachings of Christ, which is the word, 
is now clean. Now the phrase, I have spoken, the use of this word was to show that Jesus was like a parent unto his children, which at this time were the disciples. However, in turn, since it was included in the Gospels, it was meant to be to us as his children and he as the parent teaching us. So now let's move on to verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. Now since we're starting to run out of time, I'm going to start cutting off some of the description of the words. But I'm just going to try to get to the point of the message and try to get that across. If you really want to see the breakdown of the words, you can go to dreamwalker1960.com. Now, what he's trying to say is that you have to be in Jesus and he in you so that you can be a bearer of fruit, of, of good works, of holy works that bring the message of God and live the message of God. So now we'll move on to verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So he makes it clear that we have to have Jesus in our life, and we have to look to Jesus in our life. If we do not do this, there can be nothing at all that can happen. We cannot bring forth any fruit whatsoever. It is totally impossible to do so without Jesus being a major factor in our life on a daily basis. So let's move on to verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now this is the verse where he re-emphasizes what he had mentioned before. Here he mentions cast, which means a type of judgment, a type of expulsion from the community of salvation. So again, this emphasizes that the person belonged to God and was a member of salvation. Then you have men gather. In this it shows to lead together, collect or convene, to entertain. And then the final element that needs to be made aware of is they are burned to consume, to set on fire. Within the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, the emphasis of this word is keyed to self-burning, voluntarily giving oneself over to be burned. What this is emphasizing is that the person has turned themselves over to the pit of fire, to willingly take themselves into the punishment. It is not God doing it. It is not Jesus doing it. It is themselves doing it. This is my takeaway from this translation of this verse. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you choose not to follow his teachings and live a truly Christian life, you instead choose to live in the world of man which entertains you. You are broken off from the divine vine that is Christ, and you are cast willingly into the fires of judgment. This also shows that we must actively and with full knowledge follow the teachings within the Bible. And if it is called a sin in the Bible, and we are told not to live in this fashion, we don't. 
we must do our best to follow the rules and regulations of the Bible. And yes, there are rules and regulations within the Bible. But the thing is, it, it is what God requires for us to have a true life with Jesus Christ. We must have an active part within the relationship. It is not something that is just one-sided. We are an active part of this fellowship. We have to actually do our part on a daily basis. So let's continue on to verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Now verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So as we come to the end of this discussion today, one of the main factors that needs to be made here when Christ is giving this lesson to the disciples, he is in his resurrected form. This is after the crucifixion. So to see Jesus as a divine vine gives true meaning to the imagery here. So being a part of the vine, you have been grafted in to the family of Christ and you are saved. And so you do your best to bear fruit by following and doing the commandments and teaching and giving and doing what is necessary to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you don't do these things, you do not bear fruit. If you just live your life in and of the world, you are not a part of this of the situation. Now, I'm saying you as a generality. I'm not pointing directly at any particular person. So as was shown in the previous podcast, the lukewarm are people that were accepted into the body of Christ, that were accepted into the vine. They were saved. And then they just chose on their own free will to not follow what the Bible teaches and to live their lives within the world. This is who the lukewarm are. This is who I'm trying to reach. And I'm trying to make them aware of this and to wake them up in time to not face the fiery judgment that is to come. Now, in the next podcast, we'll be addressing Matthew 7, to where we get a little more details on this very same fact of bearing fruit. Again, if you want to see any more details on what I've talked today about, go to dreamwalker1960.com on my blog, and you'll be able to see it. Thank you. Bye. And God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. Jesus is the only name to remember. And I, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. And I.
I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus.